Welcome to another episode of Zealous Zcast. I am Ro Hurley, and with me is the George Michael of Delaware, Joel McCabe. Welcome, Joe. <sighs> Fucking Walt. What's wrong? It's the Walt Disney of Delaware. That- oh, sorry. I'll make a note for next week. Walt yeah. Disney. Okay, got it. Um, and with us today, who's been missing in action, is our one of our favorite bloggers, Otto. Welcome, Otto. Thank you for having me. No problem. We're happy to have you, and we'll get into where you went in a little bit. Um, but I did want to mention, uh, Joe, guess where we're at on Podcast Alley now? Number Where's one. our ranking? Number one. No. Oh. We're not number two or number three or number four or number five or number six either. Ten? No. Okay. Higher? <laughs> we're number 21. That would be lower. Yeah. Well, the number's actually higher. Out of 3,472 comedy podcasts. Depends on how you look at it. It's a lower ranking, but a higher number. Uh, the bottom line is it's still uh, a highly ranked show for a short amount of time, and that's all that counts, really. Yeah, and thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. Um, in fact, uh, if you could, if you're a fan of the show... We really, really need you to go to zlist.com, that's zlist with three Z's, click on shows, and click on the banner that says we're listening, and fill out a survey for us. It's a demographic survey, and you'll get a chance to tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and it doesn't require that you give any personal information, so you don't have to give your email or anything. You can just remain totally anonymous, but I do need people to go there. We need as many... We need to get a grip on who who our audience is, so... Um, if you and do some leave of us feedback, please put as much personal information as possible. Yeah, that would that would be good. Because <laughs> yeah. like the ending of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, we would like to fly to your home and physically assault you. That's yeah. a good idea. No, we don't want to do that. We just want you to to tell us what you think and do so anonymously. So, um, now, Joe, what happened to the show last week? You had a herpes flare up. Oh, that's right! Damn it! I heard. I heard the uh, the supplemental thing, the game show, of uh, uh-huh. the game show called "Where's Our Z Cast," and it turned out the correct answer was C. Roe had a herpes flare-up, and uh, so I thought the correct answer was B. Joe had a cock in his mouth. That wasn't an option. That wasn't oh. an option at all, in fact. Maybe because you recorded it, and I was stuck in a snowstorm in New York and had no recording equipment, so that's that's the reason. I don't think that was it. And B, by the way, the option B was Joe was off uh, shooting the cover for People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. No, Joe was off getting a load shot on him by some pasty old bald white guy. No, because Joe hasn't had to earn rent that way in at least 10 years. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, I was in a snowstorm. What can I say? Sorry, guys. Yeah, laptops don't work in snowstorms. <laughs> you know what? We I actually brought my netbook, and the sound card was really crappy, and Joe and I actually tried to deliver a show, but it just came out so bad. We have a, so. We have what is now referred to as the lost episode. 
Yeah, it's it's an episode, but it's so the audio quality is so bad, we decided not to put it out, and that's the truth. Ron wants it for a collector's item, so I might send it to him. Yeah, give it to Ron. If anyone wants it, email us. We'll send it to you. You know, the lost episode. Yeah, what the hell? Um, now, um, we had something exciting happen to us. We're going to put out a special Zcast episode. Um, we got we interviewed Scott Sanders, who is the writer director of Black Dynamite. And um, so, if you can give that a listen, it was an awesome interview. The guy was just fucking hilarious, and um, yeah, he was a really was really cool guy. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was thinking he was going to yell at us for some of the things what that Roe said. And oh, yeah. Joe was all like, oh, yeah, he's he's a black militant guy. You know, he he thought he was like going to get a Malcolm X type. Thing. Well, no, when I when I, I went searching because he's DJ Sucker Punch uh, is the other thing that he does. So I, I went searching YouTube uh, and, and I came up with this this guy from Crenshaw that I figured maybe I would be dead soon after I saw this guy and some of the things, you know, I mean, he was very gangster looking. And um, so I thought that maybe I would, you know, would be killed. And, and so I was kind of nervous about doing the interview. As you should be. As I should be killed? Yes. That doesn't uh, seem very nice. That's a threat. <laughs> no, Joe knows I love him. It's the same. But, um, it's the same thing you say about the Palestinian people. So it does. Oh, it doesn't bother. Oh, let's not get into that infidel. Um, but um, anyways, jihad on your dumb ass, Joe. It's a fatwa. <laughs> fatwa. I'm calling the mujahideen on you. I don't know any more words, so we're gonna have to stop at that. Either, either do I. I know. Yeah. Fuck. is the only. Uh, Persian word I know it means may your may your mom's vagina stay the same shape as we how the hell how the hell does that mean all of fit that? into one word yeah uh, those Arabs are crazy yeah those wacky Arabs they should, we need like an Arab sitcom but um anyways if you uh I still have bumper stickers I have just a few left so email me editor at zealist.com and I'll send you one you gotta send me your address um I've sent most of them out so or come dumpster at AOL.com. What's that? Or come oh, dumpster no. at AOL.com. No, that's Joe. You mean email Joe? Is that what you're saying? Joe doesn't yeah. like his address given out. We, oh, know, we all know how you get down. You don't try <laughs> to project on the Joe all the time. We know what you're doing. <laughs> well, let's talk less about Joe and more about Otto. So, Otto, you were missing for a while. Yeah. You know, we we kind of Joe kind of had the brilliant idea that um since Obama won, you you had no need to blog anymore. <laughs> well, Otto does no. tend to get after an election, you do tend to simmer down a bit. A little bit. There's yeah. always No, Otto never simmers down. Come on. A little when bit. have you ever seen Otto simmer down? Well, I don't know. Not Usually after an election. What's that? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. After an election, I too. Yeah, but uh, where I was at, I was at uh, the luxurious Tent City Estates here in uh, ah. Phoenix, Arizona. That's uh, awesome. Uh, so you were invited guest doing a news report, or what were you there for? That, that would um, be landlord Joe for, Arpaio. Yeah, Arapaho, um, I think. No, I thought it's Arapaio. Oh, I don't know. You don't. Know um, I was there for uh, for a super extreme DUI. That means my blood <laughs> alcohol level was above point two. Um, Basically, that meant that I was really fucked up in driving, and I drove in three park, uh, three stock cars at a red light. And 
<laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that, but yeah, why were you? No, no, why, were you why were you drinking and driving? Why was I drinking? It's and what driving? he does, Joe. Yeah, why would you? <laughs> if you to, were well, let me tell you about my first DUI first. Uh, my first DUI, I went down to my marijuana dealer's house. Got a little mushrooms. Got a little uh, marijuana. And I was driving home, and uh, got to that same intersection, and people were stopped there for no reason except for the red light, and I careened into them. For uh, no reason except for the red well, because you you figured, how dare you stop at a red light? Exactly. Like, who needs I mean, this kind like of ten o'clock at night? Come on, man. So, <laughs> so I I did the only normal thing was to reach down, grab all my contraband, and uh, throw it in the desert. And uh, I escaped only after to do two days in the Scottsdale uh, jail. Um, unfortunately, the law, I guess, gets stiffer the second time around. Um, I was going up the same street, same intersection. This time I knocked into three cars. Uh, same Were you thing. going for like a re- you were trying to beat the last time? Wait, same uh, street, same intersection. You, you would no think shit. you would be a little bit more careful. Yeah, you think a lot of things, but well, fuck it, he's <laughs> drunk. What does he care? <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! And the, the the best part was it was about noon, so you know, <laughs> prime drinking hour. And uh, same thing, I had about a half ounce of marijuana on me, and uh, all I could think to do was, you know, basically everything in my car ended up in the passenger seat, up on the, in the down on the ground by the passenger seat. And uh, in Arizona, it's a felony to even have, like, a piece of pot. So wow. my survival instinct kicked in, and a bunch of people were like, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck is your problem? You know, they just surrounded my car yelling at me. And uh, I said what any normal person would say, and I said, uh, I smell fire and I smell gas. So they all took, <laughs> took off away from my car long enough for me to grab the weed, stick it in my underwear, run away from the car, look very, very distraught about the whole situation, and throw the weed in the woods. At which point I was booked, and a cop came up to me and asked me to take a field sobriety test, which I denied. And I said, I'd like to have a lawyer. And he said, well, you don't don't have the right to a lawyer. And I said, oh, okay, that's just something somebody told me sometime. And, uh, yeah, they went ahead and uh, got a quick warrant, took my blood. It was uh, 0.23, which is pretty high. Not for an American Indian, but good for me. That's that's pretty high blood alcohol yeah, level. Now, now, let me interject. Otto is six foot nine, so that's that's a pretty high. How, how come Otto gets taller every time somebody says his fucking height? He, he grows no, an I'm inch a year. He's a, he's a growing man. Get the fuck out! You're you're six nine. Yeah, go look at my booking shot. I'll I'll email you the link. Oh, okay. I always figured. Okay, because me and her talked about this before on an early podcast. When you actually when you first joined the blog, and I always assumed um, that your height and everything was bullshit because you used to threaten to kill me and stuff like on KMS. And so I figured, like you would you would say you were six nine only for an intimidation factor. So you're really no, no. six nine. No, think of all the self-deprecating shit I posted about myself. Right. Why would I lie? You know, that that's the truth. I am that tall. I'm not strong. I'm not big. I'm not, I'm not muscular. I'm not swole. But I am lanky and tall. Okay. And 
So, yeah, I was extremely drunk. Um, I was reading the police reports. Uh, one of them was like, we saw him driving down the road and his head was tilted back and he was passing out. And the thing that actually made me come back to life or come back to driving was people were just honking their horns because I was coming up to the intersection. And at the last second, I threw on the brakes and careened in the three cars. See, okay, I got to ask you because, like, I do not drive drive. I, if I'm drinking, if I know I have to drive, I have like, I'll have like maybe two beers, three beers tops, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm talking over a several hour span. Like, I, I, what is the mechanism? Because you're somebody, and I know other people have DUI, but you're you're describing a situation where you were just fucked up drunk. Right. Like, wh- where do you like when you know you have to go drive home? What what's the mechanism that says let's go get fucked up right now? Like you know what I mean? Well, here's the thing: I wasn't just drinking and driving. I was drinking while driving. I went to Circle K. I got uh, the big forty-four whatever ounce drink. Um, didn't even put any any liquid in there. I got a tall can of Monster. Poured a fifth of uh, vodka in there. Filled the rest up with uh, the Monster. Drank it. Went down to Gold's Gym. Went, went and got tanned because that's my workout just stood in the tanning booth then I got another one <laughs> the fuck fuck <laughs> the fuck is gonna... okay but but what okay okay what you're describing though right like what like where do you draw a line like where where do you say you know what this this probably is not the way to go like maybe I shouldn't go get this fucked up and tan and then and then go drive around. You know what I mean? Does the tan increase the high? That that just kind of threw me for a second. What I mean? The only line that was drawn was by the cops when they were measuring how long my skid marks were. <laughs> but uh, no, there is no line. Oh I'm a fucking God. raging alcoholic. Um, I've been clean. I've I've had a year sober. I've had six months sober. I have I have more AA chips than a fucking meeting in the middle of Compton. I, I've <laughs> I've tried, I've struggled, I've worked, but truth be, I like to get fucked up. But can't you get fucked up and stay home? I like, live with my mommy be... and daddy. I know, but I, dude, I'm saying, like, couldn't you just, like, I don't know, wherever, in, like, just hang out there and just, because I've seen pictures of your joint, like, it, it's a nice place. Why don't you go out on that back porch? You, you saw pictures of his joint? Oh, you never I sent did. me those, Otto. Not no, that kind of <laughs> Oh, that, yeah. But I'm I saying, like, couldn't you just sit on that back portio, uh, patio you got and just get fucked up? I mean, like, that that would be all right with me. I used In to, the pool. You've got a nice pool, too. I mean, in a jacuzzi. Yeah, I do so? that. I do that. What it was is the night before. I had actually been sober for about six months before this. The night before, my boss was like, uh, we're going to Fleming's, which is like a OTB off-track betting place. And I was sober. And I told him, look, I don't want to go, blah, blah, blah. I'm really struggling with my sobriety right now. Please don't let me go. And he was like, you're going. You're the team leader. You're going. So I went. I got real fucked up there. Um, woke up that morning, and I was just sick, just hungover as fuck, and... The only remedy I know for a hangover is to get really drunk. So I went and got really drunk, ran some errands, came home, and that's what happened. Hmm. I'm I'm voting for just stay home and get drunk. And wait, so 
your boss. Oh, I'm it, not trying to. I'm, I'm not defending. If it might seem like I'm joking around, I'm just trying to make light of a really disgusting situation. What I did was wrong. I could have killed people. It's not funny. It's it's humorous, but it's not going to happen again. Hopefully. Good. That's good. There was a quiet hopefully there. It was like a real <laughs> downplayed. I don't. I don't think it will. Well, he's being honest, no, I, you know. I, can I mean, guarantee you can't. You it won't happen again for twelve months because I got one of those retard things that I got to blow into my car for the next year. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Do you have oh, to yeah. pay for those to install that? Oh, absolutely. It's seventy dollars a month. Side, oh my on a side God. note, did you know that the iTouch in the iPhone has a breathalyzer application? Yeah, I read about that. What the fuck is that? For people who might want to check their breath before. How is that part? Well, you, it, I don't know. Must is there a USB port on there? Mind, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even. I have no idea how that could possibly fucking work. It doesn't make any sense to me. Hmm. There would have to be some kind of external port that you could plug the breathalyzer unit. The straw thing, yeah, into. I, I don't. Maybe in that a headphone. But how? Would, I, I don't know. Fuck it. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, so Joe Arpaio's tent city. So you arrived there. Right. So yeah, I was arrested. Um, I got a public defender, and uh, they worked out a plea to me, which was the max, six months, and. Uh, I got it whittled down to four months because the people that I hit were all on here, were all here on vacation, and they didn't want to fly them all in to, to testify, so they lowered it to four months. At which point I was put on work release. What that is is, uh, I go in in the jail. They let me go twelve hours a day to go to work, and uh, I decided to use those twelve hours to drink, and uh, came back one day drunk, and uh, they caught me. So I got shipped from that tent to the other tents, the real tents, Tent City, where I wore the black and white stripes, the pink underwear, pink long johns, pink everything, and uh, it was not a lot of fun. Is there, please tell me there's a picture of you in the pink outfit. Uh, no. Son of a bitch. There's not. Did, did they get any reality show footage of you in the outfit? No, no. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have let them if there was. But if there you was know, I, Inmate Idol, because Shadow does this thing called Inmate Idol, mm-hmm. where he has like <laughs> the people that are staying there. They get to sing songs and shit, and it's on YouTube. If you YouTube Inmate Idol, you'll see the people in the <laughs> outfit that I wore singing fucking Mariah Carey songs. But uh, oh, that's fucking I awesome! Didn't, I didn't get to partake in that. But uh, no, nah, it was a hellhole. In Otto's defense, I did. I, when I was in the desert environment uh, out in Las Vegas, when I went out there, I loved getting fucked up. One time, I had I used to drink Jägermeister. Like I would get me a bottle of Jägermeister and just walk around and drink this shit because I used to really love drink back in like you know like the early nineties, right? So I went to Red Rock Canyon and. I had my bottle of Jägermeister with me, which is not a bright idea if you've ever been to the desert. You get dehydrated pretty quickly. So I'm drinking this Jägermeister, and there's wild donkeys out in uh, that area. And so the donkeys come up if you have any kind of food. And this is how fucking wasted and disgusting I was. I started giving the donkey Jägermeister (laughs) and then proceeded to drink off the same bottle that the donkey just drank. Oh, In Joe's defense, donkey's mouth are as clean as he can ever see. <laughs> now, did did the donkey get shit faced? And was there sex? Was there any sex? In no, the- but you know what? You know what does suck. 
the donkeys do walk around with their rigs like and they start like you know like that noise that they make uh-huh. and they, it's uh-huh. pretty creepy and that's when i got out of there <laughs> when he started like eyeballing you up and down well, he wasn't like eyeballing me. There's like a couple of them, you know, and I guess that, I don't know what brings it on, but like their hogs are hanging down and then they start like getting all like making a lot of noise and shit. And that's when I was like, all right, this isn't cool. And I split, <laughs> you know, but they, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of fun. I, I mean, to go out into that kind of an environment and get kind of smashed and. Oh, yeah. Scottsdale, uh, where I live, Scottsdale, Arizona, it's kind of like the Beverly Hills of Phoenix. It's it's known for day drinking I mean the bars open bright and early in the morning alcohol is just a part of life I hear margaritas is the city's national drink but uh yeah it's yeah. I don't know I I really enjoy I don't know what it is but being in that scenario and just getting just fucked up I used to love that shit not offending drink any driving though, but you know yeah um, well you know what to um, I I just kind of wanted to go back to Tent City, and I just realized that we might want to explain the history of Tent City. Tent City is um, the Sheriff John. How do you say the name? Sheriff Joe. Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Arpaio. And um, and he's created um, Tent City, surrounded by barbed wire and fences, and and it's basically an outdoor prison. I think he has even chain gangs, and he's notorious yeah. for being he like is the a only big old... female. He has the only female chain gang in in the United States. Wow, that's discouraging then for me. But um, but he um, he's notorious for like feeding you know like going budget on the food and the green bologna and um moldy bread you're fed two meals there you're fed a ladmo bag which is a bag of green bologna a piece of bread and a thing of milk and he got sued basically by the aclu they said there's not enough calories in what you're feeding people to meet the daily allowance of calories that you need to survive so he Mm -hmm. superseded that by giving everybody an extra carton of milk (laughs) Uh, is the milk at least cold yeah the milk's great the milk's the only thing you get there that's not expired the reason being is the people that donate the milk don't have i don't know if you've seen any news it's big in the local news but basically sheriff Joe's now his big mission is to go and bust illegal aliens and the way to get around that is donate food. So, like, Shamrock Farms, which is the people that donate the milk, probably has a million percent of fucking illegal aliens. Oh, employed for them. Exactly. So if you gotcha. okay. if you have illegal aliens and you want to stay in business, donate food to Sheriff Joe. So, while, so while Sheriff Joe's on a crusade, he can still be kind of bought and paid for, is what you're saying? Oh, he is bought and paid for. He's wow. the most bought and paid for public official since George Bush. What about Cheney? Does he beat Cheney? Um, in terms of evilness, no. Because in the in the end of the at the end of the day, he's doing a good thing. He's trying to fight mm-hmm. crime. He's trying to he 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 wants publicity and he wants people right. to know. Don't come to my don't come to my county and fuck up. Big mm-hmm. Cody just wants to fill his pocketbook. Gotcha. In all seriousness, Dick Dick Cheney, I mean, has there ever been a more absentee vice president than this fucking guy? Are you kidding? Like, you don't even see this fucking... 
I mean, like, you <laughs> never see him. I know, but, like, what I mean, like, think of any past presidency you can remember, right? The vice president was always, like, the vice president flew here today. The vice president did this today. The vice president. You don't know this motherfucker is alive at this point. That's because You know, I kind of assumed he was dead for a while and that we were covering for him, like the whole Castro rumor, you know? I thought for the longest time. What it is, is an absentee vice president in terms of the vice president usually is just the guy who does public public events. He cuts ribbons. He, he goes to mall openings. Instead, Cheney, what he does is he writes policy, and he has Bush sign for it, and he stays in an undisclosed location, and he just wants to stay out of the paper because people might realize that he's the one actually setting and making all the laws that we have to abide by. But that's what I mean. Like, you've. When's the last time you can recall actually seeing Dick Cheney doing something? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I, I don't see this dude ever. Like, I mean, uh, and it's, it's. I, I can't think his of approval, his approval rating is like five percent. People, but even it. at, even at that, like people hate Bush, but you still see him doing things. I mean, you but still. He's the I know, but like, I mean, you, I can't think of any other previous vice president. And, and it's not just recent. I mean, Cheney's been gone for quite a while now. Like, you just don't see the dude. You saw Al Gore. You, you know what I mean? You saw Dan Quayle was everywhere. You just don't even see this fucking guy. And well, the, it's the weirdest thing. The vice, president, the vice president's job is to lay back, be in the public eye, so that when the lame duck president's term is over, he becomes president. Cheney's too old, too about dead. He's never going to be the president, so there's no reason for him to be in the public eye. Yeah, but it, it, it seems like it was even before Bush became a lame duck president. You know what I mean? It just seems like he's been... I mean, I guess, like, the last major... I mean, other than his heart scares and shit, like, the last major event you can really remember with Cheney is when he shot his buddy. <laughs> and that was how long ago now? I mean, like, it, I just never have seen anything like this. and it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a public relations move. People hate Cheney. Mm-hmm. So they put him in the back. Yeah, I guess... I mean, I guess that's what it is. It's just... It's really bizarre to me. This has been a really... And coming from somebody who voted for this crew. I mean, this has been a really bizarre presidency towards the end anyway, at the at least. At the very end uh the second term, this has been an incredibly bizarre presidency. I, you not only voted for this crew once, but but twice and you should lose No, that's right not to that's not true. Legally. That's not true. You, not you didn't vote for him, for him the second time? No, I voted for him the second time. Why did you vote from the second? I told you because uh, John Kerry was an abomination, and it was the lesser of two evils in my estimation. John what? Kerry was the lesser of two evils. Sure, absolutely, come on. I mean, Square Biz, what? that dude was fucked up. I mean, that dude. What? He never had a he never had a solid policy on anything. He that's there was okay. I'll get, get give you that. No, that's true. I mean, give you this. There could have been a democratic uh, a, a democrat that could have easily, easily... Howard Dean could have beaten George Bush. And they let some stupid soundbite ruin that guy's candidacy, which was absurd. I mean, Howard... You know what I mean? So he screamed some shit. He got a little carried away. It worked, though. It worked. It was on every fucking morning show. It was on... 101.5 jams. It was on every fucking hip hop station. Every wow. Yeah, but in, in ret in retrospect, right? I mean, separated from that time, 
how silly was that that you that we allowed that to disrupt well, people to like Carl Rove. You have people like Carl Rove who could turn that into saying, "Oh, this guy screamed like that. That means he's out of control. What is he going to do when he has control of the button? Is he going to scream like that and then press the button and nuke Iran?" But I wonder. Do you think like? I mean, okay. At the time, you get see. That's why I get really frustrated with America because it it really is a it's like a pop culture geared society. If you can take that guy's soundbite and you can turn it into a fucking remix and goof on the guy, that's enough for this country to say, "Oh well, fuck that guy." You know what I mean? It's, there's no real thought that goes into anything. There's no like the majority of America runs around like a bunch of dunderheaded fucking morons. They don't really think about anything. It's the latest gimmick, the latest soundbite. Is it's all they run off of. And and but what, what really doesn't make sense is how many fucking retarded soundbites did Bush come out with? I mean, how many stupid fucking things That's did true. he say? And everybody just said, "Oh well, he talks all the time. It's fine." Well, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. I mean, yeah, I mean, you had so much shit on that dude. But I think, I think ultimately, like you know, Carrie just. Because and this is a per this this time's a perfect example. Like Obama, you watch a guy who comes out very well spoken and says something. Kerry was a bunch of lip service, and he never really had a message. He never really said anything, and and that's why like it's not about like you know everybody kept saying oh the Republican Party it's it's all corrupt and and they're 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 orchestrating these things and stealing elections and they're doing this and doing that. That's not what was happening. What what was happening was you had a candidate in John Kerry that was so fundamentally weak, and and really just never spoke to the American people. And George Bush didn't speak to the American people at all. But at the same but he time... Did. He spoke to the dumbed-down American people. <laughs> well, he did, but... The yep. guys with their trucks and their... You know, that he just... And they shot get their, well, their guns and their... Okay, I'll give you that. But I think ultimately what it came down to is we knew you, the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Okay. And the devil you don't know seemed at that time a lot more iffy of a proposition than the devil we knew. And I, and I think that's what, I, what it what, really came down to. What I think it came down to is people thought that Bush had this master plan, that he had this plan like there was a reason why we invaded Iraq. There was a reason why we did this, because he had this plan for a second term to, to make it all come together. And, and there was no master plan. There was no finishing point. There was no, okay, now we have we have Afghanistan and we have Iraq. Now we can take over Iran, get rid of all the fundamentalists. There was no master plan. And that, that was what killed him. No, yeah, there, there really wasn't. And I mean, but... but yeah, it, I mean, you, you, we can all look back now and... You know, you can say you, you can look at the entire situation, and as it transpired, you know, it looks like pure idiocy. And and I guess at the time there was emotions dominating the American psyche, and and we wanted to go get who did nine eleven to us. And you know, you Which get this information. Didn't. No, we well, absolutely, absolutely didn't. And Saudi Arabia still prospering, still the number one yep. oil producer. Yeah, and and I mean, so. You know, and and then all this information comes of oh well, Saddam has weapons of mass destruction, and he didn't. you know, and that no, and he didn't, and and 
so at the time, yeah, you can understand like, okay, this is why we did what we did. And even if that were the case, even if, even if, you know, it was a mistake to go in, have an exit plan, have some kind of a design where you're going to end this. And, and obviously or, they or have escalate it in a smart manner. If he, because basically by invading Iraq and invading Afghanistan, we had Iran pinned. But we fought the war with so few troops that we can never have Iraq. I'm stuttering now. We can never have Iraq stable. Until we had Iraq stable, we can. We had no force over there. We had no. What's the word I'm looking for? We had no mission statement. Stability. We, we were just we were stuck in a quagmire, <laughs> and it showed to it showed to the entire the entire world that we cannot invade the smallest little ship breathing company or country without a without saying hey we're but, lost. Know, but here's the thing, and, it, and this is maybe just my opinion, but in, in my opinion, there's two scenarios in which war should occur. One is to directly defend an attack against your country. And, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, I mean, 9-11, in the grand scheme of things, and, and this will sound terrible, I guess, to a lot of people, but in the grand scheme of things, 9-11 was a mediocre attack in the grand scheme of war. And okay, you you flew some planes into some buildings, and yeah, people you died. In a, no, yeah, and I'm not downplaying anyone's loss of life there, but in the grand scheme of war, that was a, a mediocre attack at best. So, but you got to understand, it's the first time we were attacked on American soil since World War II when they oh, dropped I, some firebombs on us. Right, absolutely. I mean, I I, I get all that, but. So you have – that's not really an attack against us as a, as a nation attacking our nation. So you don't have a clear, you know, concise idea of who your enemy is. But – so you have a scenario, okay, you should, you should have war to defend your country. And the other scenario is if you're going to engage a war, it should be to conquer. And we're not going – like you should never go to war to liberate. That, that's an absurd concept. For me, I mean, I you go to either conquer and take, or you go to war to defend directly. And what we're doing under the pretense of going to war to liberate a country it is just fundamentally absurd. Especially a country that we we went we went to Iraq the first time. We told them rise up, fight Saddam, rise up. The Kurds did. A lot of the people in in Basra, a lot of them did, and then. George Bush, the first one, just left him hanging. And that's right. why when we went back and said, hey, we're liberating you, they didn't trust us for shit. They, they were and like, he did the oh, same in Afghanistan, thing. right? Well, Afghanistan was same. different because we, we supported Afghanistan when they were fighting Russia. Afghanistan actually likes America. The Northern Alliance were with us. Even the Taliban. We used to fund the Taliban. We used to fund the Taliban. Everybody knows that. They trusted us, and that's why when we went in there, it was pretty easy. We went in there with special forces. We took it over. We still haven't found Bin Laden, but there was no real resistance. When we went into Iraq, though, we went into a situation where we said, we're going to hear, we're here to liberate you again. Last time we didn't, but that was Bush. This time it's Bush. So they just, they had no trust <laughs> with for us at all. Right. And that's why we have insurgents, even though insurgent means people that come from other countries to fight, 
when actually the people that are that are fighting us now in Iraq are people that live in Iraq because they do not trust us and I don't blame them I wouldn't trust us either right no I, yeah I agree I mean it's it, it's a, just a mess of a situation it, it, it really is and yeah and as far as hitting the towers I mean they hit the Pentagon bro I mean that's our center of defense when they did that every American was like oh shit we are not safe and and we and not we but the administration used that against us and they, the terror alerts, everything, just, they they were like, you're not safe, you're not safe, you're not safe. They scared the fuck out of us. We could have right. invaded fucking Cuba. We could have invaded fucking Switzerland after that. Instead, we decided to go into Iraq because that's what the Project for New American Century and all the other neocons wanted us to do. Yeah, we it's... it's we'd get free gas and cheap labor, but the only cheap yes. labor is us. Somehow we got uh, ridiculously priced gas. Right. And now it went down and down, and now it's going to go right back up. It's going back up again, yep. Yeah, and they're going to blame that on Obama. When really it's the speculators and the refiners and everybody else. So we've agreed we're we're a mess at this point. So for all the Arab uh, people that Roe has drawn to the blog with her use of Mm -hmm. Islam... (laughs) um, you know, we're we're not all trying to kill you. Yeah, no, no. Let me let me give my uh, Yusuf Islam a shout out because um, he recorded this awesome George Harrison song, "The Day the World Gets Round." He actually recorded it for um, the children of Gaza. But um, Yusuf Islam, Cat Stevens, one of my favorite folk singers, doing George Harrison, another awesome songwriter right there. So um, yeah, let's get back to Tent City though. Sure. I wanted to hear some of your crazy stories, like some of the characters that you met. Well, first let me explain the kind of stuff that goes down there. One thing is it's segregated. Um, When you go in, like say it's dinner time, all the white people sit together. Everybody's in a race gang. The white people are called Woods, as in Peckerwood. The the Native Americans are called Chiefs. The blacks are called... That's my nickname for Joe, Peckerwood. Go ahead, I'm sorry. The the black Um, people? Hmm. Black people are kinfolks, because I don't know if you've ever seen two black people that are somewhat related. They're like, hey, what's up, kinfolk? (laughs) Um, The the Mexicans were separated by the ones that were born in America are called Chicanos. The ones that were born in Mexico are called Pisces. Um, So basically, the whole thing was just extremely segregated, and it was all done under the nose of the people running the jail because they liked it. And uh, I've talked to the New Times, which is a magazine out here, and I'm, I'm writing an article for them about what goes on there because it's it's disgusting. I mean, they, they allow segregation. They allow racism. And they support it because they think it stops fighting there. But in reality, it doesn't. Because let's say... I I get into a fight with a Chicano, a, a Mexican guy. If I lose, that means all the white people now have to go into a huge fight with all the Chicanos. And that's the kind of stuff that went down there. It was race wars every day. Mm. Every day, people were fighting over their race. And it, it but was do you crazy. think that's what it's like in like all prisons, though? Isn't it pretty no. much racially segregated? No. no? I mean, I there are some you- where it is. There are some prisons where it is because it has to be like in 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 uh, 
like Pelican Bay and stuff, they segregate the blacks from the whites. They have to, because the whites are Aryan nation. The blacks are all GD gangster disciples or BD uh, blood disciples. But this is county jail. The people were there for shoplifting. They're there for smoking meth. They're there for little petty crimes. Not smoking meth is a petty crime, but they're, they're not there for fucking kill, killing people. They're not there for big crimes. They're there for bullshit. And you go in, just some guy who stole something from, from a convenience store, and you leave a racist, you leave, you just, it, it totally warps your whole mindset. Hmm. How do they get the bologna green? <laughs> the bologna's green because it's rotten. Everything is rotten. Oh. All the food oh, there is gross. donated. The reason people what? donate food, like, a, go ahead. How do they get away with, I mean, isn't there some kind of standard, like, a, a, are you sure they're just not like coloring the bologna? <laughs> I mean, to no, fuck no. With you. yeah, because don't you have to have kitchen permits and stuff? No, I worked. I worked in the kitchen when I was there. Nobody there had a food handler's card. Obviously, nobody. I mean, okay, I worked on the line. A line is basically a bunch of people standing on a conveyor belt, and one person's job was to take a spoonful of peas, put it in the tray. Next tray comes along, put a spoonful of tray, a spoonful of beans in the tray, and. It was just disgusting. People would literally say, back up, which meant somebody else would come and back them up. They'd go take a shit with their gloves on, come back out, wipe their ass, come back out with the same damn gloves on, put a spoon of peas in the tray, put a spoon of peas in the uh, tray. Are you sure you and weren't at McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> but basically, and uh, the, only, the only defense that the people had was there were food inspectors there. But the food inspectors were paid by the county and their job was just their job was to strictly maintain that when the actual health inspectors came which was like once since I was there I was there three months to make sure they passed so they just knew exactly what the test was when they came in and they would try to avoid failing and they failed every time there's never been a time that a food inspector came in there and didn't write them up and they had to make major changes it was the most unsanitary thing I've ever seen. I've worked, when I was a kid, I used to work at Subway. I worked, at, I worked at all kinds of fast food restaurants. I mean, you had to change your gloves after going in the register because money was dirty. Here, yeah. you, you didn't have to change your gloves ever. And I mean, every day you wore this, because it was cold in there, you were working basically in a refrigerator. It was 40 degrees. And you wore these jackets. They're striped too, just like the outfits we wore. They never, the entire time I was there, washed the jackets. The jackets were coated with the macaroni and cheese. They were coated with the everything. They were just disgusting, Ugh. disgusting jackets. Like, you put one on the next day, you broke out in zits because it was just covered with shit. And that was the same stuff people would wipe their hands on when they got too much of the of, of the slop they were serving on them. They'd wipe it on their, on their jacket. And it was just, it was the most disgusting thing. Like... Anybody that worked in the kitchen did not eat any of the food because they saw what was going on. Hmm. It, it's just so backwards. And uh, your other option was to buy commissary, which is the jail system of selling you food. They sold honey buns, Jolly Ranchers, all kinds of different, you know, regular food stuff. Guess who owned the company that sold our commissary? Joe Arpaio's brother. <laughs> so it For real? Oh my oh, god! Yeah, it was a big money-making operation. 
Well, in, in fairness to his brother, I do enjoy honey buns and Jolly Ranchers. Oh, Was it the Jolly Ranchers, the Jolly Rancher sticks, or the little ones? The little ones. Oh, see, I like the stick. Did That's I make the stick? About you, man. You, if you open a bag of chips, for some mm-hmm. reason, it's just customary. Everybody's like, "Let me get a chip. Let me get a chip. Let me get a chip." If you open a bag <laughs> of chips, you get about four. Everybody else <laughs> just let me get oh chip. Oh my god! And they just reach in there with their dirty ass hands. <laughs> Get well, but see, chip. I've I've seen this in movies. When they ask for your chip, you have to stab them. Because, <laughs> With an ice pick yeah, in the neck, to, well, like to, Charles Dutton. You have to fashion a shank, and you have to stab yeah. them to teach them that they can't have your chip. Out of a toothbrush. Yeah. The one thing that curbed the violence, that kind of violence that you're talking about, was the fear of the hole. The hole there was the hole being, if you a got in trouble. Yeah, I'm sorry? Like a septic tank? No. Like go it, in the hole. The whole place is a septic tank, but the hole was, if you got in trouble, you got sent in the hole, locked down for 23 hours. The hole was just unfathomable. You're in a cell about the size, it was about three by five. There was a shitter right there by the by the gates, and you could not leave your cell. Everybody that was in the hole was fluent in sign language. That's the only way you could talk to another person is stick your hands out of the bars and uh, sign to the person next to you. Hey, how you doing? Fine, blah, blah, blah. Um, Funny story, uh, I got a job. I was working in the regular kitchen, but then one day I I talked to some of my friends. They were working in Durango Kitchen, which is another jail right there in the same area. And I got to go to the towers, which is where the hole was. And I went to T4, which is where uh, DMX was. The rapper DMX, where are my dogs, where are my dogs, that guy. And uh, I talked to him. I was like, hey, man, I have all your albums. Yeah, motherfucker, get the fuck away from me, dog. <laughs> but uh, but he, cool guy, but he was kind of overwhelmed by the jail. And he's been in jail for like the last year. But he was like, this place is fucked up, dog. Like, yeah, it really is, huh? Yeah. He, was, he got arrested for like animal cruelty, a whole bunch of charges. He got caught. Supposedly, the story was he was sitting in the car, he was smoking meth, and he passed out with a meth pipe on his lap. And the cops just opened the door, <laughs> grabbed the meth pipe off his lap, and he was like, "What?" <laughs> like, like um, Crispin Glover and The River's Edge, you know? Yeah. Or Absolute yeah, Zero. Yeah. It's just fucked up that I mean, DMX. There's no chance of a. I mean, that guy's just ruined everything for himself at this point. Yeah. There's no coming back from where he's at now. Oh, no. Because even the other rappers make fun of him. Like, they talk about, I heard DMX smokes crack in his blunts. Because he did some really fucked up shit in New York. Like, he was at an airport, and uh, he pretended he wanted some guy in a car and said, Hey, I'm a federal agent. Give me your car. So not only did he get, <laughs> get Grand Theft Auto, what? he got in Yeah. So he, Holy shit. he was the Elvis of the rap world. Did you ever hear the Elvis stories of when you ever see the famous picture where Nixon? Yeah, uh, yeah, he Elvis, honorary DEA agent, and Elvis used to sit yeah. uh, right outside of Graceland, and he would pull people over using that badge that Nixon gave him. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, like when he was like clearly fucking bat shit out of his mind towards the end of his life, and he would yeah. people over and like search their cars and shit. Which that had to be fucking just awesome to be pulled over by Elvis and then have it. Yeah, and searched by Elvis. Yeah. It's funny. Fuck, how you do? 
<laughs> I gotta pull you over, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look here, you're gonna I'm need right. to get out of car. Don't step I'll on my boots, Yeah, you got some Demerol in there. I need a fried peanut butter <laughs> banana and Demerol sandwich. Thank you very much. You know, that's what you think back to the, that time in the '70s, like the. Any today, a motherfucker would pull out his cell phone and video camera. Elvis pulling you over. Yeah, and you it, couldn't get away with no, shit. No, yeah, like the shit that went on with that. I mean, now it would be all over fucking YouTube. You know, Elvis yeah. searching your car, flashing a DEA badge and shit. It would have been awesome. But did you see that recent video of uh, Peter? What was his name? Columbo? Peter Falk? Yeah. Yeah, but okay. Th- I I saw that. Do you think they were making more out of that than what it was? I think he just wanted them to get the fuck away from him, right? Well, it was the same day that his daughter filed um, filed for uh, what is it called um, when you take? She said he is not of proper conservatorship, yeah. right? Because he's he's got Alzheimer's. But does so. I mean? What what I saw in that video, they were like, oh, you know, uh, we really feel bad about this, and he was just like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah, but he looked kind of confused. I mean, he kind of looked like my dad looked right before he died. Most old you know? men are confused looking. That's true. But um, but anyway, so... Back to, um, back to the 70s, I mean, back to DUIs as well. Nobody got busted for DUIs in the 70s besides George Bush. Yeah, know? that's true. <laughs> Didn't he have a cocaine rap too? He had a cocaine rap that yeah. daddy paid off. I don't know about that. He had some some kind of yeah, cocaine charge. Yeah, he had a, he so. had a cocaine rap, and his father at the time I don't remember, but but his father bought it off somehow. And there was something on the smoking gun about it, I think. But um, yeah, I remember something. I know about he got that. kicked out of the National Guard because he wouldn't take his drug test. Yeah, but We're not um, knocked out, but he got sanctioned or written up. But yeah. Anyways, you know what? We're we're totally glad to have you back, Otto. And and seriously, um, it's I'm I'm happy that that you're here and that you know nothing totally bad happened, like you didn't get hurt or anything. You know, no, it was actually a funny experience. I mean, I met a whole whole different sector of humanity that I never thought I'd ever meet. Not yeah. hope to never meet again. Do you think that, um, like, what are the what is the return ratio of like if someone oh. goes through Tent City, what are the odds they'll be back? High, I mean, really? Because yeah, very, very high. Um, cause I, I thought it was. I a, I, go ahead. No, I thought it was. I, I thought I read that it was an incredibly low return ratio. No, no, you know, I was only there for three months, and I've seen people go out. Come back in, go out, come back in three times. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's was, weird. So it I doesn't mean, it, work then? Well, I mean, jail itself doesn't work because people get, is I guess the word institutionalized, but they, right. they just, they get used to it. Like they come back in with a big ass fucking smile on their face. Hey, I'm back. What's up? What's up? What tent are you in? What tent are you in? Oh, I was in that tent. Like, the more times you're back, the cooler you are there. You know, the, mm-hmm. remember I told you that there were race gangs? Mm-hmm. Uh, each gang had a head. The head had to be in jail at least three times in Tent City and go to prison. Um, the more times you were in prison, the more trouble you got in, the cooler you were there. The harder wow. you were. So it, it, it became almost like a status 
symbol, you were a status symbol if you returned. Hmm. But see, I've always thought like if you're if you're somebody who continually returns to prison, like I, I think on the outside of prison, you're living a quality of life that probably isn't too different from the prison lifestyle as far as... At least you're guaranteed a meal, you're guaranteed a... Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, because I can't imagine, like, someone like myself, I don't want to be dealing with that kind of shit, so it's kind of like I have to think you to want to, you know, do things to continually bring yourself back there. I mean, there was a guy, there was a guy, he was just, like, crying. I was like, what's wrong, dude? He's like, I get out tomorrow. That's uh, awesome. That's fucking <laughs> awesome, dude. He's like, I, I, I don't have anywhere to go, man. Oh, that's Cold sad. Out. Yeah. Yeah, see. Cold out. He was, he was literally yeah. thinking of things he could do to stay in. He's like, I think I might go punch a Dio. Dio's like the cops there. I might punch a Dio just to stay. I wow. Mean, I mean, the economy's in shit. Even without the economy being in shit, there's still poverty, you know? And these people yeah. have nothing. They have no way to get a meal every night. So jail is their best option. And when they go to jail and, and other people treat them like they're OGs or OG original gangsters, like they're treated like they're the upper echelon of society when really they're just crystal meth heads that have no coping skills. So it's just kind of like a revolving door. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting. That's an interesting outlook on it because, I, I yeah, I mean, I never really kind of looked at it that way. But you do get the respect that you're you're not going to get in normal society. I mean, you're you're going to be treated a certain way in an environment like that. That when you come out, you're treated like a piece of shit by generally everybody. Uh-huh. Exactly. So the 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 worst the like the things that on the outside that would make people look oh what a piece of shit in jail oh that's awesome oh that's cool it, it's like it's like bizarre world in there it's like oh that guy went and he's in here for going and stealing like a pair of Levi Levi jeans on the outside you're like what a fucking waste of life on in jail you're like oh that dude's a hustler you know mm-hmm. it's just so backwards but what about like what about like an, a normal guy like you like someone who's not of um basically a criminal lifestyle you know do you, what do you, what do you think the return ratio is for for someone like you or like a white collar person or just an average family person who just happened to get two DUIs or whatever much much lower especially yeah. DUI like the first DUI see this is what's fucked up about Phoenix or Maricopa County where I was at um, your first DUI, you get you get two days in jail. Uh-huh. You get your license suspended for three months, but you get it back in you get it back after one month for work, which means you can drive anywhere to say you're going to work. The second DUI, bam, six months. So uh-huh. people were in there for the first the first time they got to do two days. It's nothing. I mean, you can sleep two days, you know. There's nothing. It's not. It's it's less than a slap on the wrist. Then they get you for your second one. Then you're fucked. Then you got the breathalyzer in your car. Then you then you lose your license for your license isn't suspended. It's revoked. Like I can't drive again until September. Mm-hmm. 
So basically, it's like the first time that they get you, they get your money, and the fines are ridiculous. Like I committed, I was charged with four felonies in Cincinnati. I pled guilty to three of them. My total fines were like twelve hundred dollars. For this DUI, my fines were eleven thousand dollars and five hundred. What? Eleven thousand five hundred dollars for Holy a DUI. Fuck. Holy shit! I don't even well, know. Yeah, how do you uh, even begin to deal with a fine of that level? Get a payment plan. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. I, I mean, I've got I've got a savings. I could easily pay off my fines. But here's the thing: the way it works here is they just want to keep seeing the money. If I were to pay my fines tomorrow, they have no reason to keep me out. You know what I mean? They uh. they. they that's why I chose a payment plan is so that they have a reason. If I'm not, if I'm locked up, I can't pay the fines. Right. That's why I said I'll pay a payment plan. How much do you pay a week? I don't know. Five dollars. <laughs> it ended up being a hundred dollars, but you have to work. It's all it's all a money thing. The probation the probation out here is even more fucked up. I mean, they have this thing. It's called task. Every day you wake up in the morning, you call in, and they say the color for today is blue. If your color is blue, that means you have to go down to the probation office and piss. Wow. Jesus Christ. So every well, so day when you wake up. And ahead. do you have to do that? No. I'm on unsupervised probation. What's your uh, color? Oh, you don't have a color. Okay. No, I don't I don't have to do that, luckily. I thought I fuck, fucked off my probation because uh, my, my probation is unsupervised, but the only uh, stipulation was that I can't drink. Mm-hmm. And I got busted in work release for drinking. So the whole time I was there, I was freaking out that I was going to violate my probation. So somehow I didn't. What's your drink of choice, Otto? Vodka. Really? See, that I can't drink vodka. That fucks me up. Me it too. does Otto, too. <laughs> well, yeah, apparently. <laughs> After 20 random people I ran into. Wow. That's the thing. I mean, I try to make light of this thing, but I mean, I really could have killed people, you know? Yeah. Like, this last wreck I got, it was a. uh, All three of them knew each other, and they were all just headed up to Barton Lake, which is a big lake up here, to go fishing. And I mean, I fucked up their whole vacation, you know? Wow. And evidently, I don't know what's going on, but I just got a letter that's saying they want to know how much my. what the cap on my insurance is. So I think they're about to sue me. Jesus Christ. So you're in like a complete fucking disaster here. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm in a shit store. Like, there's a very good chance that I might get a lawsuit for like hundreds of thousands of dollars saying that I ruined these people's lives. They have post-traumatic stress disorder. They've got whiplash, but whatever. Like, even though everybody is fine, I mean, the wreck wasn't as bad as... It wasn't that bad because I came too long enough to hit my brakes just so I barely hit the cars just enough to make them all hit each other uh-huh. my car was total but all the other cars were minimal damage they all just had to go to service and none of them got towed away but mine but i mean if you got in a wreck and some if you let's say you're parked at a red light and somebody just crashed in the back of you you're gonna say i have whiplash i have this i have that you're, right you're pissed you're going to do anything you can to get back at that motherfucker who fucked up your day, fucked up your weekend, fucked up your vacation. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame him. That's what I would do. Especially, especially if you fucked up my vacation. <laughs> you got to pay for it. 
Well, I'm I'm glad you're okay. I hope that um, I don't know. I I I I mean, fucking addiction is a motherfucker, you know. And um, it's it's kind of a sad, you know, to see someone as brilliant as you, Otto, you know, who um, it just overtakes you, and it's just it's it's a bummer, you know. Yeah, but I'm glad but, uh, to have you back. And you yeah, know, I just I mean, I just maintain a positive attitude. I know things will work out. I know what I need to do. I'm doing them. So that's cool. You sound jailhouse now. He sounds jailhouse quiet. Yeah, he's like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I just got to keep with the positive <laughs> attitude. You know what I mean? I got to keep moving forward. You know, if I move backward, then I'm just keeping in that trap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but to be honest, that's not jailhouse. If you ask anybody in jail, what are you going to do when you get out of jail? Oh, I'm going to get me a teener of, of meth. I'm going to get me two hoes. They're going to be riding my dick. Then I'm going to do this. Like, nobody gets <laughs> like. That's somebody who knows how to get out of property, Otto. You, you, you clearly don't know how to get out of jail properly. <laughs> yeah, you did it wrong. I asked you what you did, and you said nicotine and, and uh, caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get your two hoes and your meth. What's up with that? It's early. <laughs> Everybody loves two hoes and meth, Otto. <laughs> Everybody loves Speaking what? about meth, dude, that is a fucking scourge, man. Yeah. Like, it's it's mostly white people that that are on that shit, and I mean they have no teeth. They they're retarded. Like, if if you want something, you fill out a thing called a tank order. That means like, let's say you wanted uh, you want to know when you were going to get transferred to work for a little. You write out a tank order. Well, that you and you set it over by the bubble, which is where the guards are. I'd read these tank orders, and they were just, people can't spell court. People can't spell and. I saw mm. this one person that said, I'm supposed to go to work furlough and, A-N. Um, <laughs> this sounds like a message board. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Freeman's I mean, message board? <laughs> maybe. No, if you, like, even that guy Paul or whatever, like. Yeah, P-U-A-L. fucking have these guys beat in terms of fucking English comp- English skills like yeah people were just retarded that was That's... the most retarded motherfucker I ever saw in a message board yeah <sighs> I don't know I've seen more retarded Anyways, well, um, well, let's let's kind of move on. I I I do want to like cover Tent City a little bit more, so we'll save that for the next podcast. But um, but I wanted to mention that Ron Ashton from Iggy and the Stooges died suddenly. He, um, you're a fan of the Stooges, right, Otto? Oh yeah. Yeah, and Joe, you probably have no clue. Yeah, mildly, um, I, I know some stuff. <laughs> Anyways, he had uh, he was 60 years old. They were they just got back from Europe. He had a heart attack and was actually in his home for like three or four days before someone found him. And um, he had a lot of friends, obviously. Well, I mean, he was a private person, but R.I.P. Man, because they they were just um, nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame again for the second time and scheduled to play. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do now. I did speak to Mike Watt briefly, the bass player, but they still are still stunned. Uh, Ron Ashton was Iggy Pop's best friend, so um, they're still in their stunned uh, mourning phase. So if I have any news on that, I will share it with everybody. But um, let's talk about Charles Manson. Um, 
Joe had sent me a YouTube series. It was like a series of seven various YouTube videos from Manson's Geraldo, his 1989 Geraldo Rivera interview. And it was actually in San Quentin, right, Joe, before they moved Manson to Corcoran? Yeah, I, I think it was actually 86, and it, and it, it was uh, it was b- before the Heidi Sheldon 87 interview, um, and it was San Quentin. Yeah, and, um, and, and Manson just pwned the fuck out of Geraldo, who was well, never really a talented interviewer anyways, you know? What was interesting about that, because I remember when that interview aired uh, on, I don't know what Geraldo was doing back then. I, I mean, but I think it aired as like a special nighttime thing, and it was a big deal. Um, but what was interesting about watching the YouTube series is it was the raw footage. It wasn't It wasn't the the thing that you saw on television back then. And it's kind of funny because again you don't want to take the position of defending Charles Manson because he is crazy and and in my estimation that's all he is he's crazy but they do if you saw the original interview they clearly take this interview they chop it up the way they want it to look right the way they want it to sound and and they make Manson's saying things that he didn't necessarily say in the context in which it's presented. And that's what's great about something like YouTube, when somebody gets a hold of the raw footage, and now you can really see what really happened there. Now, now the way you just described is exactly how they do every single interview in the planet, and, and all reality shows, too. I mean, reality shows are just so taken out of context, you know? Reality shows suck. And real quickly, uh, Trisha sent me a, a private message on Facebook. She wanted us to start talking about the real world Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I, I told her I have no interest in doing that because I, I don't care about the real world. But I did on Comcast On Demand because this time they have a transgender roommate. Mm-hmm. And I I did go look at On Demand. You could, you could select each roommate and you could watch their story. And yeah, fuck you, real world. I mean, th- this transgender bullshit, like, okay, I'm all down. If you're gay, be gay, right? I, yeah. I don't give a fuck. But transgender, like, when you're you're literally going out, I'm sorry, that's where I draw the fucking line. Yeah. You know I mean? like, I'm, I'm like as left-wing as it gets, but when you want to cut your dick off and, and then expect rights, it's like, come on. Yeah, come the fuck on. And she's on, I don't say she... It's on there because fuck you. It's on there, talking about how oh it's so f- it's going to be funny seeing which bathroom and what which room I get to use. You know what I mean? Like I hate fucking people like this. Just just fucking if you're a guy and you like hog, just fucking be a guy and smoke some dude's pole. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go get your shit changed around. And you know what I mean? Or even if you do, don't expect the whole world to like. Oh, you're a girl now because your cock's gone. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a senior in high school, um, and this sounds crazy, but this actually went down. When I was a senior in high school in 1988, there was a black guy that came to our school, and he was pre-op, and he was taking the hormones, and he had tits and shit, and he called himself Whitney. All right. <laughs> and Whitney. What was his name before that? I, I don't know. I did know back then. I don't know now. I just remember Whitney. La Andre. Yeah, probably. Why do you... 
shit. Well, anyway, it's no, it's funny you say that because on the end, another ting MySpace, there's a DeAndre that's a friend of it. So I thought you were taking a shot, but oh no, I just saw Napoleon Dynamite again. I was thinking of Lafon, Lafon, Lafon. Oh, Lafonda, yeah. Yeah. No, but Whitney, I remember when the Whitney's <laughs> last day. Whitney's last day at Concord High School was Whitney went into the female bathroom and this hardcore chick decided, fuck you, you don't come into the bathroom while I'm here, and there was a fist fight. And that was Whitney's last day. And it, it kind of like, I mean, I'm sorry, but you can't, you can't accept the, expect the world to accept you because you've decided you to have this, this thing out. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But you know like, what, though? I mean, seriously, that brings me to another topic change, is why the fuck are people so uptight about their sex and their sex organs and shit? You know, in Europe, they have unisex bathrooms, and they're, yeah. it's not it's not like, you know, divided. It's men and women, both, in the same, yeah. you know, series of stalls. Yeah, I you went watch- there when I was like 11, man, and we went to some gym or whatever, and you go on the the changing room and there's guys girls just yeah it was, it was awesome and like you know how like men can walk around in the US without their shirts but women can't everywhere else in the fucking world women can you know it's yeah, like it's so fucking offensive here so anyways fuck the bitch who punched the transgender guy because you know don't be so upset he doesn't want your coochie you know well no Whitney clearly didn't want anybody's uh, fucking shit but so what was she worried about you know dumb bitch I don't know I'm just saying fuck Whitney yeah, but you know what? Okay, now to take the other side of it, I did see a special once um, about transgenders, and and they actually have done scientific studies and found like a lot of times that um, the sometimes people are actually in a sexual limbo, like maybe have ambiguous genitalia or or exceedingly. Um, massive hormones in the other direction so they they do think there's a science to some transgenders now some are just fucking mental you know well and but, that's the impression i get the most of them i mean I, we all know there's hermaphrodites and we all know there's the, the ambiguous genitalia at birth and then a doctor makes a decision you right know what I mean? exactly yeah, and, okay, the average that, yeah fucking transgender has a huge cost that's, that's what I'm saying like, <laughs> that, that no the reality is most that i've seen in in anything it just seems more of a it's it's somebody disturbed and i almost want to say a lot of times it's an attention whore yeah, yeah. you know like like wiccans yeah and, like wiccans <laughs> to me are are pure attention whore and and i know yeah right they're crazy. they're all like oh i i'm not going to like be I, i'm going to just go against the grain of society and 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 be like a conformist on the Wiccan angle, but pretend that I'm just a non-conformist kind of thing. Yet, exactly. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's the same. You're subscribing to some silly bullshit the same way you would subscribe to Christianity. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's no different. I mean, I see Christianity as goofy. I see Wiccan as goofy. So, I mean, and, and Wiccan is almost at, more bizarre because it, it almost, it it's like Harry... Me. Yeah, it's like fucking Harry Potter bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I dig the fuck out of Harry Potter, but I dig it in the concept of a fantasy scenario. Right. You don't see it. You you don't pretend that you're living that life or whatever. You know. Exactly. Or like, and, and, or like Charmed, or what? You know that show with uh, Alyssa Milano and Shannon Doherty, and that was a terrible like, show. 
charm. Yeah, and the, but the Wiccans are all like, oh yeah, I'll build a spell or build a potion or what. It's like they're in this fantasy land. You know? How come? How come Shannon Doherty could never cast a spell to make her eyes uh, directly apart from each other instead She's of one a, higher than the other? Yeah, she is one creepy broad, man. Whatever, I drink Shannon Doherty's bathwater. <laughs> well, that's because you just got out of Tent City. Yeah. No, I mean in general. She's in general, how, we'd hook it up. What about? Would you drink B. Arthur's? B. Arthur's at this point? No. Oh, okay. I don't think anybody at any point would drink <laughs> B. Arthur's. But, I mean, there's, there's. I don't. I, I'm thinking back to Maud, and <laughs> I can't see how how that guy Walter was getting down with her. Now, what about Pamela Anderson with her herpes and her hepatitis? Who said would she? Would you still hit that? I don't know. I read that somewhere that she, like TMZ or somewhere, one of those gossip ones I go to. All right, Square Biz. I, I saw Pam Anderson. I was in Las Vegas um, in the Caesars Forum shops in the 90s. And she was coming out of Wolfgang Puck Chinois restaurant. And she was standing right next to me. And Pam Anderson had on a pink skin tight bodysuit. And I have never seen a woman as hot as that in front of me in my life. And I mean, it it was just jaw dropping. So I may risk the hep. Well, now we're talking twenty years later. Ten. And she's she's. You said it was the early nineties, right? Well, maybe mid nineties. Mid nineties. Yeah. Okay. 15 compromise but um and she's like pretty much washed up right like you'd still hit that um she's a fucking mess i probably about, still hit that yeah okay what about jessica alba who oh, who I'm, is confirmed to have herpes is what they're saying i'm not in jessica alba so i'll have to pass it's on worth, this it's worth getting my little yellow for that <laughs> what about um who's the other one paris hilton no uh, okay. yeah she looks like a fucking bird that that is some bullshit America again, fuck you. That is some bullshit. And she's kind of like out of the fucking spotlight now, right? No. No? No? She's still, they're they're still photographing her every fucking move, you know? Why? I mean, I... I I don't know why they did in the beginning. Why did they ever, you know? I don't, I have no idea. I mean, seriously, what has she done ever besides be like a socialite who got busted for driving intoxicated? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Fuck her. I mean, I, I really, um, like, there's no reason to pay attention to her. There, she's not, she's not hot by any technical definition of being hot. Uh-huh. There's nothing. I, I, she has a lot of money. I, I guess we all understand that. But well, other than that, she's a nice tight fit little body. But so do a lot of chicks. Like, do, do there's okay you. In fairness, in in Scottsdale, I'm sure you see girls oh, every day hotter than Paris Hilton, right? Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. So, wh- what do we care about Paris Hilton, really? You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I could give a shit about her, though, seriously. But um. Anyways, we totally digress. What were we talking about, Charles Manson? Yeah. We were talking about Manson and Geraldo. Um. 
Anyways, I uh, I just I love that interview. So look it up on YouTube. It's like Manson Geraldo interviews Charles Manson, and it's like seven parts, and and they're all like equally as hilarious. It's just Manson dancing around Geraldo and just totally making him look like an ass, and Geraldo going for the shock value. But but Manson made some really valid points. Um, first of all, the the media is what made him such a monster. Which you know, was not- which was the point of the article I wrote a long yeah. time ago on the blog now. Um, that what what I was saying at that time was that if anyone was going to be considered if if believing in the 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 legend of Charlie um, was the criteria for being part of the quote family that America and the media and every that they were the biggest members of the family of all uh-huh. because the guy was nothing but a loser and and a bum and you made him into something that he never really was and he kind of proves that in a sense in in this interview and Geraldo clearly Geraldo's agenda there was to show America like I'm going to sit here face to face with the personification of evil Charles Manson and I'm going to tell him he's a piece of shit and I'm going to tell him he wasn't really there to conduct an interview as much as he was to assert his manhood right exactly that's true and it it just kind of the funny part at the end um, was when Manson said, "You do realize this interview was a piece of shit." That was funny, and, and it and it was because you could have done more with it. I mean, if you go in, you're going into it um, with the agenda of making Manson look like an ass instead of actually trying to get to the bottom of what really went on there, mm-hmm. and he was explaining what really went on there and and it's it's funny to me um cuz i like i was saying i read some some people's thoughts on the matter and a couple law students and stuff were saying in today's world manson would have never been convicted because the evidence came down to this the word of three drug addict murderers mm-hmm. stating that oh this guy told us to do it like their credibility is zero and again yeah. just to clarify again not taking the side of manson in the sense of yes he's crazy but do you really accept in your mind that one man could convince these people to go commit such horrific acts? There has to be something within you to make you do what they did. And if you've ever read the details of the murders and if you've ever seen the crime scene photos, no one could tell you to do that. It had to be within you. And and that's kind of the point that he's trying to make. Yeah. And and that's true, and and he totally supported um, his point as well, as far as I'm concerned. And Geraldo um, just did everything to try and piss him off. And and the thing that Manson didn't get pissed off, and in fact, you know, had a comeback for everything, a brilliant comeback, was um, was pretty impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, he he went a little off track here and there. I mean, but again, like we're saying, Manson's clearly. Um, he's clearly abnormal i mean i don't i don't mm-hmm. think there's i think there's a mixture of a guy who has a a of pure fundamental understanding of human nature mm-hmm. and then there's a part 
carnival act. He's he's there to try to entertain because he knows what he's been reduced to in the in in well, I shouldn't say reduced to, but almost promoted to. I mean, when you consider what he really is, he knows what he he is in the eyes of the American public, and then and then he is insane. So you have these right. three combinations working all at once but I, I think there is a legitimacy to some of the things he says and I I don't believe that he talked these people Tex Watson, Susan Atkins Linda Kasabian, Patricia Krenwinkel I don't think he convinced them to go out and commit such horrific acts I think there that it was within them right, I, I have to agree with that because you know so Really? You disagree? Because, you think he convinced yeah. them? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Because have you read have you read what's it, Vincent Bugliosi's book? Help yeah. Yes, yeah. I read that. Basically, he drugged him up with like all kinds of shit, LSD and everything, like hardcore LSD, not the shit you get now. And he pretty much said death was life. He he had them convinced that by killing that was the most beautiful thing it could be. And I've taken acid, and somebody could tell me if you cut your dick off, you'll feel happy, and I might try it. And he took these people that were in such an altered state of mind and convinced them everything they knew was false. And, I mean, he did some crazy shit. I mean, if you read that book, he, granted, it's written by the prosecutor who convicted him. But, right, and I've read other books about it. But like, there was all kinds of crazy orgies involving children, all kinds mm-hmm. of just crazy shit that went on there. If you're around, but how much of mom, that do we? But how much of that do we know is true? I mean, true, true. I, I think a lot of it going on. Well, I, I think I think there was some. Cra- I mean, I, I don't think anybody would deny there was some crazy shit going on out at that ranch. But so, do you think they I, just decided, oh, hey, let's go out and kill Sharon Tate? Well, no. I mean, if you actually watch the interview, the circumstances of why they went to that house that night, he explains, and he's not he's not distancing himself exactly from why Tex Watson went out there with that crew that night. He's not 100% saying that. But what he's saying is Terry Melcher uh, – it's, it's a commonly known fact. Charles Manson wrote a couple of the Beach Boys hit songs, and they won't ever disclose which songs he wrote. But um, it, it is acknowledged that he wrote a couple of the hits that we may know of. Um, Terry Melcher was the Beach Boys manager, and – Manson felt that he was owed money by Melcher, and Melcher previously had occupied that house. So Manson goes in the Geraldo interview. The gist of what it is is he says, in certain circumstances, when Tex or anybody else in the family was ripped off by someone, Charlie would take it upon himself to go get their money or go right whatever perceived wrong had occurred. So he would put himself in jeopardy for what he considered friends, not family, because he's saying that's a a label that was thrown on him through the court case. But what he considered friends, he went and and righted the wrong, which Charlie was crazy. and And his whole life was geared around protecting what was his and however he had to do that through violence or whatever. So he then states that Tex Watson, um, 
kind of wanted to be the man that Charlie, that he perceived Charlie to be, the father figure, that he, the protector that he saw Charlie as. So when Terry Melcher ripped Charlie off, he was going to take it upon himself to go teach Terry Melcher a lesson. And he went out to that house that night to do that with that crew, and it just so happened that Terry Melcher no longer occupied the house but they still carried out what he intended to do so I mean if you if, if, here's, if, the, if, here's uh, the thing all the scrawlings in blood on the wall they said things like uh, they said things like blackbird fly you know all that shit yeah and pig the and that, yeah pigs all that they are basically trying to say they were trying to start an uprising of the blacks that was the motive that uh Bugliosi was trying to portray right I mean I, where did and, that come from if it was just trying to collect the dead well okay let's take a scenario let's take uh, let's say you're Tex Watson and let's say this okay. is the, the shit that Charlie spews every day you know you're out at the spawn ranch and he's he's throwing around you know whitey is gonna rise up and, and the, you know the darkie or whatever however fucking Manson was putting it at the time um, and you want to go out and you're gonna commit these these horrendous acts of murder um, mm-hmm. you're gonna want to kind of try to divert attention you know what I mean like what, what I'm okay um, here, here's an example Patricia Krenwinkel chased Abigail Folger out into the yard and she just started repeatedly stabbing her and Folger yelled stop I'm already dead like I mean she stabbed her so many times she's screaming stop I'm already dead when you're Patricia Krenwinkle, if Charlie's giving you theories about the, the final battle between Whitey and Blackie and all this shit, mm-hmm. can that make you do that? Like, can you sit there and just stab a human being to the point that they're screaming, just stop, you, you, you did your job, I'm fucking dead, what more do you want to do? Like, I mean, at some point, don't you... Where's the human aspect of that? And Have can you, you blame... Out? No, I haven't. But can you blame one man for your ability to do that? I know I know a lot of people that have taken acid. And when we're done here, I can tell you a story of somebody that you know and I know that did a tremendous amount of acid. Dude, and don't tell my stories. Not your story. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but still, again, like most people I know that have taken acid, and I know a lot of people who have really enjoyed acid – no propensity for violence at all, let alone something along these lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were doing all kinds of drugs besides acid. There were all kinds of just crazy drugs. Yeah, and the Hinman murder was over mescaline, right? That was like... Yeah. yeah mescaline which I've never what, done. I don't, I, what does mescaline do to you? Mescaline is the active ingredient in mushrooms. Oh, okay. And... I mean, the acid that you take now is not the acid you took in the 60s. The acid you took in the 60s, you took it and went in the woods for two days. It, it completely changes your whole mind. I mean, if you, supposedly if you take like over 20 hits, you're insane. It, but, it can completely... But why wouldn't there I mean, have been... Look at a cr- why wouldn't there have been right. mass murders on an apocalyptic scale across the country if that were the case because they're hippies they're a bunch of hippies living in a commune and that but that's but there were communes everywhere you know what i mean there were cult leaders everywhere at that time they were all over the place they were just trying to get by and survive and just eat out of trash cans 
Charlie uh, Charlie was a fucking he was a psychopath from get go I mean he was he was in jail for this in jail for that he's in jail but he was in jail for, for petty crimes like yeah, Charlie was never he, but he he was but I mean Charlie was never really he wasn't in jail for like horrific acts of violence like Charlie was in jail but for when he bullshit was in jail, he committed he committed he he fucked people up when he's in jail that little guy he, he was a very very violent person so, um, my question is so what happened well the the thing that I'm saying is that if, if we were debating Charlie committing these acts of violence then it's a non-issue but we're debating right. other people committing these acts of violence and so then you're saying, you're saying that, that can one man be convicted of murder for something that he never picked up a knife or gun and committed yes yeah. essentially that's what we're looking at I mean is there another case that we can point to where a one guy has done life, yeah, and, and exactly. actually, and actually was convicted to the death bin Laden. sentence. Osama bin Laden. We we don't have Osama bin Laden. Right, but if we did, what would he be tried for? Well, I, I, yeah, I guess that's a good. I point. guess the same conspiracy to. I don't know, but Manson was actually convicted of murder, right? He was yeah. sentenced not cons- to death, not conspiracy. Yeah. I mean. He was convicted see, of murder because of the fact that he... You're right. You're, you're okay. right that he didn't commit murder. But he did okay, but here, these people in a drug full rage to kill people. Here's the difference, though. Osama bin Laden openly accepts responsibility for 9-11, right? So if bin Laden denied it, then it's cool? Well, if he denied it... I, I don't, I'm not saying it's cool, but there is that shadow of that. Charles Manson has never, as far as I understand, openly accepted the responsibility of the murders of these people. He's always said, I never told anybody to do anything. They did what they wanted to do. And I always just said, do what you feel you have to do. So now there's a gray area there. Like if somebody comes to me and says, hey, Joe, I'm going to go kill... You know, the guy that works at the fucking seven eleven and if I go, Hey, do what you have to do Right. Um, what house what house did they go to? Oh no no no. I, I I'm not They I'm went not to de- Melcher's house. Right. Did I'm anybody, not debating did anybody in that crew have anything against Melcher except for or whatever his name is besides Charlie? Mm, not that I know of, but I don't know that it was ever I mean uh, See, it's all very vague. I don't know that Tex ever said what he was going to do. I, I just know that from what I've heard, he said he was going to go there, and Manson's words were, if you go, leave something witchy. And that's that's all I, as far as from Charlie, that's all I've ever heard. Hey, what did you think that Manson meant when he said that Tex was a man trapped in a woman's body? Is that what, were those his words? Yeah, he oh. said he, he wanted to be a man, but he lived in a woman's body or something what like that. What did that mean? What, is, what do you think he meant by that? Because I, I was thinking... He's homosexual. Did, yeah, that's what yeah. I, that's how I took it, that, he, that Tex was a homosexual. They all were. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Charlie, I mean, Charlie, uh, I remember him, they were asking him, don't you miss having sex? And he said, there's plenty of sex in prison. Oh. So, I mean, I yeah, guess he gets down I mean, like that, too. Yeah. 
I mean, according to Bugliosi, I don't even know if I'm saying the same right, but according to the book, yeah, there's a bunch of homosexual activity, a bunch of orgies that involved children, a bunch of man-on-man sex. Hmm. See, I wonder though. I mean, I, I'm a big. I, I really enjoy, uh, and the pronunciation. I've heard it both ways. It's Bugliosi or Bugliosi. I mean, however, depending on who is saying it at the time. But I, I, I really like that guy. But he also, at the same time, you do have to wonder how much of that was him embellishing things to sell. Oh yeah, books. that that was where he cut his teeth. That was where he made his fame. Yeah. He wrote a really good book. I forget what it's called. I can Google it real quick. But he wrote a book about uh, the case against George Bush for murder. Oh, did you oh, see right. him Yeah, testify? did you see the YouTube? Yeah. That was awesome. If you ever saw the video of him... Yeah, he was great. Oh, that was, yeah. that was a fantastic video. But when then, you know what... Like, he he turned around, Bugliosi turned around and said that Susan Atkins should get off on leniency because of her medical problems or whatever. What does she have, cancer or something? Brain, brain cancer. Can, brain cancer, yeah. And, um, and he went on the record saying, oh, yeah, you know, let her out early, no problem. Now, that kind of pissed me off because she's the one that held the knife over Sharon Tate when Sharon Tate was begging for the baby and said, I have no mercy for you, bitch, or whatever, you know? Yeah, and see, and that, that kind of struck me as odd, too. And, and when you look back when you look at Doris Tate Doris Tate always said I have no concern for Charles Manson the only concern I have is for the four who committed these murders mm-hmm. you know and I mean so she she was kind of saying the same thing like I, you know this guy fuck you know he's a clown fuck this guy mm-hmm. it's but the ones like, who- that's like again that's like blaming the hijackers that flew in the Twin Towers rather than blaming the person who, who orchestrated it well, again, I kind of do in the sense of you – if you can tell anybody to do anything and, – and I mean, yeah, okay, he orchestrated it and – see, that's kind of a weird situation. You, you do put me in a bind here because – in a way, well, I, I was making some too. good, excellent counterpoints. So now I'm kind of back in the middle here because yeah, you because did, when you, you think about it, I mean, it's, it depends on whose word you take, right? Do you believe Charles Manson and saying that he never flat out? In fact, Beausoleil testified that Manson never gave him direct orders to kill Hinman. Beausoleil Bo- testified to that in court. Beausoleil yeah, recently you think he went up to Manson and said, "Hey, guess what I did." No, but Beausoleil recently, even on Beausoleil um, has a website and he answers the emails from people. And and somebody wrote and asked him about all the Manson thing, and he said, you know, the Charlie that you've all come to know through the media and everything is not the Charles Manson that I know. He said the Charlie I know was a goofball and a clown, and you've built him into something that he never was. And and that's kind of you know what I mean. It's kind of like if you're on tri- if you're on trial for murder and you did these horrific acts, and you're thinking, okay, if I say that this guy told me to do this, maybe I'm not going to get the death sentence. Maybe I'm just going to get life in prison because that's what you're facing at the time. Uh-huh. Don't you just try that shit? I mean, what you know what I mean? It it just seems. That, that's all I'm looking at is, and, and I'm not, yeah. again, I'm, I'm trying to stress, I'm not trying to defend Charles Mintz. That whole scenario is vile, and everything that went on there is vile. But in reality, 
it just seems to me that the guy was used as a scapegoat for the acts of people you know the people who actually did this shit who actually and 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 let's remember they didn't just do it one night they went out again and did it to Lino and Rosemary LaBianca so it's 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 a it's a compulsion for horrific acts of violence repeatedly so I mean it goes back to American law it goes back to I mean because where did they all stay they all stayed with Charlie Charlie was the leader but you're right it goes to who is responsible for your actions are you responsible for them or are you responsible or is the person that like for instance if you're a, a real staunch Christian and you go every day and you hear and you hear abortion is illegal abortion is a sin abortion is this and then you go up and blow up an abortion building do you say that the priest that told you that abortion is a sin a mortal sin do you blame them for murder or do you blame the person that did it right and that's that's kind of your point of view if, if I'm getting it right right Joe that's exactly right that's what what you're saying is exactly correct and um yeah the and Manson even said when what did he say when Susan Atkins came back and told him what she had done he Could said you re- thanks Go ahead. Sorry. he said thanks you dumb cunt you just put me back in jail right that's what he said he said to her. And he said in the Geraldo interview that he was just in the whole thing for sex. That's why everyone lived with him. <laughs> well, <laughs> he just- what, what he actually kind of said was that, you know, and what he posed to, to um, Geraldo at the time. He said, I got out of jail in 67. These murders occurred in 69. Do you really logically believe that in two years I was able to control the minds of all of these people to the point that they would go and commit these murders, and and that's a legitimate question. Like, you know, he was he was older than all of them, and but it, but his other point was they were far more educated than I was. They were all college students, and I he, he never even went to high school. So. I mean, it's kind of a toss-up. Like, you can see them looking at him, because he was streetwise, obviously, and that's how he lived his entire life. You can see them looking to him for guidance that way. But at the same time... See, what the hell is that? About, that was Charles Manson. Oh, okay. Oh. That's what you're talking about, right? On YouTube. Yeah, if you there's a there it's a what was it a seven part each one's yeah, it's, yeah, it's one parts seven. one through seven, yeah. Okay. Part seven was the best when Charles Manson looked at Geraldo and said, "You realize this whole interview was a piece of shit, right?" <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny because Geraldo did such a crap job, man. Geraldo was the worst. It's like every everything he did was like for shock value. He never wanted to get in depth with any of the answers. He just wanted to give the audience a reason to be scared, you know, or my, pissed or whatever. My favorite Geraldo moment was when he was in Iraq when we were when we were invading. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and he's like, "Here is where we are. Here is the insert. Here is where we're going." And they kicked him out. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was funny when he decided to cover. The yeah, that was yeah, that's right. And he spelled out. Yeah. out. Yeah. 
Well, he had so many great moments, like when the clan was fighting on when he got his nose oh, broken yeah. supposedly on his show. And then, do you remember the um, Al Capone's vault? The vault, yeah. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. <laughs> Turned that, up that, like a, a Coke bottle or something. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. I mean, that, that was just so live. Yeah. Any yeah, moment now, up, we're going to open the, the vault. alcohol bottle. He's like, well, it's clear he was definitely serving alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, hey, we are way over on time. Uh, so, okay. but but this was a fun discussion. We can pick it up again. But um, everyone, we're on iTunes. Add your comments and feedback on iTunes. Also, please go to Podcast Alley and vote for us. Actually, their search engine is fucked up on Podcast Alley. So do this. Go to zzzlist.com. Click on the tab that says show and then click on the podcast alley link that I have there on the page and then vote. Um, All you need is an email address and you have to confirm it. You don't need to register. They don't give out your information. So please go vote for us and make us number one. Also, don't forget, fill out the survey also on the shows um, tab on zlist.com. And Joe, you want to do the plugs? Okay. Uh, You can go to Rose's site for her celebrity and non-celebrity interviews at zlist.com that's zzzlist.com you can also go to her MySpace at myspace.com slash zzzlist you can also be her friend on Facebook uh, because she likes to have a lot of friends there and that is Ro Hurley so if you search that uh, you'll you can add her as a friend and, and then you can throw snowballs at her and all the other fucking cornball shit. Yeah, people. don't do that shit. I block all applications, by the way, so don't even bother. Don't give me any gifts on Facebook. Don't send me any app invitations. No, I don't want to join your fucking mob. You know. What if they send you a dirty drink like a wet panties? What do you, what do you think of that? I don't care. You don't you don't want those? I don't even know what the fuck that is. I get sometimes I get dirty drinks, like dirty like little dirty names and shit like That's that. That's because, you know, you're you're on Facebook for a whole different reason than I am, so Well, I, I, you're these all are people. No, 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 no. I have a theory about Facebook. I -hmm. think Facebook is designed for people our age because I talk to people younger and they don't give a fuck about it. I think it's only for people like when you're getting near 40 and you want to see – and I want to talk about – actually, I want to get into this sometime because I want to discuss what are the possible ramifications of Facebook for people going through a midlife crisis who can now reconnect with – with the uh, chick that blew them in the back seat. Of yeah, the car you know what I mean. Because prom or whatever, dig yeah. like our parents, right? They had to always wonder, like, whatever happened to this person, and maybe you would see them at some point, or maybe you would not. But mm-hmm. now we have access to everybody instantly. We can see what they look like now. Yeah, and people can go. You know what I mean? And you can reconnect. And and we'll get in this another time, but. I'm interested on what kind of an impact Facebook is going to have on a divorce rate long term and all that kind of shit. <laughs> but, oh, don't overanalyze. Anyways. No, I'm telling you. We'll, we'll get into this. I have a lot of theories. All right. All right. Um, you can also come to my blog at andanutterting.blogspot.com. That's A-N-D-A-N-U-D-D-E-R-T-I-N-G. 
uh, and the rest like I've done before if you can't figure out Blogspot you're a fucking tool shed and don't come around <laughs> um, and you can also come to my MySpace for the blog and that's MySpace slash and another thing and the and you, I just did it a second ago I'm not going to do it again for you um, you can also email site and show suggestions because Roe will not change that fucking tongue twister. I know. I'm sorry. I always forget. To editor at zzzlist.com and I'm going to do the local Delaware plug because it's coming. Oh, wait. What? Before you do that, hey, Otto, did you want to give out your MySpace? Do you want friends, Otto, on MySpace? It's Otto, O-T-T-O, T-K. After so myspace.com slash auto TK. Mm-hmm. Will there be an auto my uh, Facebook? No. Why not? That's where we're. That's where all the cool kids. Yeah, are. we've all moved to Facebook, dude. Come Seriously, to Facebook. Seriously, MySpace auto. is dead. Will you walk Come me through it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll walk right. you through it. Right of course, yeah. Uh, it's it's like everyone has moved from MySpace to Facebook, so it is it and is it, where all the cool kids are these days. Yeah, if you look around, MySpace is dead. So well, I'm a follower, so I'll follow. Yeah, come with, come with, come play with us. Yeah. Anyways, okay. I, I have to feel like I'm cool at all times, and you know, even though I'm fucking pushing, fuck forty. Um, Ro, what do you don't know what it's like to push forty, Ro, because you've already been forty a long time ago. I'm sure she's pushed plenty of forty year olds. She probably ah. has. Oh man, um, I'm forty three. For the record, you're just right. Holy shit! Oh shut That's up. Old. Do you, do you feel old yet? No, I don't. I Not feel at very all. Young. No, I'm still. You know, I'm still running around. Oh, um, yeah, I'm still running around. I'm a very important person, you know. Okay. And you're just jealous because you're not going to the Sundance Film Festival. So I'm not. But if he would have a premiere in Philadelphia, I would... Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. What? Philadelphia's a hot... T- Are you kidding me? For for a movie like that, do you understand uh, the sound of Philly from Gamble and Huff? Please. Back- you have no clue. Anyway, fuck but- all that. January 28th. <laughs> Mojo 13, 1706 Philadelphia Pike, Wilmington, Delaware. The return of the Reverend Bob Levy, bringing his uh, comedic stylings back to Mojo. Uh, his guests will be Ed McGonigal of the Kid Chris Show, or, well, actually, the now defunct Kid Chris Show. I don't know how you introduce Ed anymore, because I, I don't think kids, uh, Kid, Kid Chris is ever coming back to any airwaves of any sort. Ed but, must be calling into some it? radio show. He oh, he had the the God. most racist bit that anyone has ever heard on a fucking FM airwaves. We'll find it for you and send it to you. But it, it was to think that you were going to still have a job after he aired this the first time. It was a stupid fucking mis- stupid dumbass motherfucking mistake. Like when you consider Imus Imus a, a, a radio legend was thrown off the air for saying nappy headed hoe. When you hear what Chris did. Uh, you'll be dumbfounded. And he played it, I think it aired 11 times before he finally got thrown <laughs> off the air. Um, 
But anyway, Ed McGonigal, who is a very funny comedian, I've seen him several times now. Um, he'll be joining Bob. And also, Louis Twitchell's Centani, as heard on the Opie and Anthony show, um, usually reading the news with Big A. He stutters. Uh, if you've ever seen Battle of the Planets, the character Keop, he stutters just like him. He'll be there. And Dan, the song parody man of the Howard Stern show. Uh, yeah, his hilarity will be there, too. You don't like Dan. What? I can hear that in your voice. You always take a shot yeah. at him. Actually, you're right. I don't. Okay. All right. Well. I'll admit it. I have no problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, tickets are $12 in advance and $15 at the door. And the bar, uh, Mojo 13, can be reached at 302-798-5798. And, uh, yeah, that's all that. Yeah. And if you live in the Maricopa County... Uh, go ahead and vote for Dan Sabin for sheriff. You want Arpaio out? Is that what you're saying? Is A is he up bit. for election again? Is he up for re-election? Uh, not for about four years, but it's never too soon to start. Now, yeah. if if this other guy gets in, will Arpaio lose Tent City? There will be no more Tent City? Yeah, Dan Sabin said he'll close Tent City and all the other shit. Hmm. Very interesting. I bet the second guy will still take over. Here's what Kid Chris did. It was something about Shwoogie, race a racist song called Shwoogie, or something like that. Yeah. Stern did that on the Shwoogie button. Oh, he didn't do this. No, this was pretty bad. He didn't do this. Uh, you th- know, they, they've pulled all the descriptions off anywhere. It says per request of CBS radio or something. It was easily the most racist thing I have ever heard on radio. Hands down, I, I can't think of anything that came close to this. Yeah. It was pretty bad, Otto. Sound like Matt watching a basketball game. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> On that note, um, good night, let's, ladies let's, and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, you've been a great audience. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Anyways, I think that's what they call a showstopper. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just look up Swoogies by Lady Gash. Um, and yeah, okay. Anyways, um, all right. Anything else? Uh, what's this song uh, that we're leaving with? It's Love's Alone Again Or, and it's actually, the the reason why we're leaving with this song is because um, Bobby Beausoleil was in the band Love before they, right before they became Love and got fired from that band right before he went to prison. So it's it's actually got a connection to the whole Manson family scenario, so. I have to, I have to, um, uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse Hector from Sneak Attack. Mm-hmm. She's got that Beausoleil, uh I got. I got a. What do I do? I email her back and tell her I want the. Yeah, just on there? email her back. I, I. They're producing Beausoleil's solo album, and just tell her that you need a you need an advanced copy of it that you're going to review it. Okay. And they'll send it to you. I I'm need just that. Given, I'm giving Joe here the ins and outs of um, working as a journalist and getting access to all kinds of crazy media that you otherwise wouldn't have access to. I don't have access to. And I, I, next weekend, I'm going to this Metallica concert with the sword there. But I, Oh, you need to remind me. I, I, I still need to get you backstage, don't I? If you can. I got my kid with me, though. We have the box seats. 
That's cool because your kid is a photographer, I've heard. Uh, I guess he can be, <laughs> if that's what we're saying. So, so you'll, you'll be um, interviewing, you'll be talking to the band, and you will also bring your photographer with you. So Okay. It, it works, you know? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Don't mind the fact that the photographer is 10 years old. 11, you know. 11. Oh, <laughs> anyways. All right, let's wrap it up because we've gone way over. I'm just really, I, I'm I'm happy that we went over because I was happy to get a chance to talk to Otto and really, really happy to have you back, Otto. I'm happy to be out. Yeah, start start uh, writing some blogs and uh, all that kind of yeah. stuff because we're, we're world famous now. We are, but that's a, that's for a whole other podcast. It Anyways, is. good night, good night, everyone. Good night. Bye. Good night. that